0: People in that one year, because of the people that I had just rough elbows with, people considered me to be something special. So people wanted to come to my salon. And I did learn techniques from working with them that we didn't do on the West, East Coast, that they do on the West Coast. And so I was bringing all of that stuff back. I mean, even then, that was in L.A., they always had natural hair and in, in, in New York. And, and on the East Coast, you had to have a relaxer. You had to have the creamy crack in your hair because it was so hot. They didn't have humidity in L.A., so you don't have to worry about that. And so, you know, I was like, "Oh my God!" I was learning how to do all of that stuff and and bringing it back. So it made me, you know, progressive in that way. And as far as when it came to my craft, but yeah, so that was my that was my. And then the beautiful thing is the people that I met. Mm-hmm. They all. Not all of the people, but there were some vital people. My friend Dorcia Kelly, um, my friend Marcia Hamilton, my friend—oh um, my gosh, she's over there today, Talia Parkinson. Um, you know, those were all people that were instrumental as far as when it came time for me to move to New York. So,
1: wow! And then, how, 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 when did you know you were ready for another shift in your in your life? When did you know? I,
0: I am one of those people, my, I feel like my spirit starts to yearn for something. I actually feel like I'm in that space right now, but, um, yeah, it's, it's this where I'm not mad at where I'm at, but it doesn't feel like home. It doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel like where I should be. And so, um, but the thing about it is I didn't want to be in New York. I was I had lived that whole LA experience was just a horrible experience. What I was thinking is the type of way I work now, I was going to do it, but I was going to do it living in Virginia. So I was going to, I was just going to travel a lot. I was going to have that kind of access. And I was still going to live in this small town, but still have this big time life. And, um, I, what had happened was I my, my friend Marcia, she she wanted to do some Fashion Week stuff here in New York, so she had applied to an agency. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do that, too. So I applied at the agency. They never picked me to do the Fashion Week stuff, but they would always pick her. And then what happened was they started sending me an email thinking that I lived in New York to be an assistant to this guy named Teddy Charles. And so because I always still wanted to stay current, I would take the jobs, even though time i traveled from where i was to here it was i was probably losing more money than i was making but so i ended up coming to um i would come to new york do the jobs and after doing it for a few months teddy looked at me and said hey would you be interested in being my full-time assistant and i thought about it and i was like it was funny because like i said i had been sitting there saying oh i'm never moving to new york i'm never moving York. and then he asked me this, and I'm thinking to myself wow I, I prayed and I remember breaking down crying, and I was like, oh my God, I guess that's the answer i I think I'm moving and literally within a month, I packed up and I was in New York
1: wow and what was his what, what did Teddy specialize in was he so Teddy was
0: a uh, uh, he was from Paris was a white guy that did a lot of like editorial work, so Teddy would do. A lot of celebrities, um, he's married to a supermodel, actually. Um, But he also, we would do campaigns. We would do Michael Kors. He would be the person that would do the fashion stuff. So we would do like Banana Republic, all those pictures of the models in the clothes on the wall when you go into the store. That was stuff that we did. So it was very uh, interesting and fun. But also by that time, I'm living in Virginia And I I was working on Project Runway. Um, I had worked. Yeah, I worked on Project Runway. I was living in Virginia and I had already had was doing the Wendy Williams show. Um, So I was doing all of that stuff. Um, So that's why I had this idea that I could do it from from Virginia. Um, But, you know, um, I ended up going to the Wendy Williams show one day by happenstance with my friend Dorcia. She was she had worked at Ale magazine, but she did fashion and she was working with Essence and Essence was doing a fashion show on the Wendy show. And I got there and. A young lady by the name of Talia Parkinson, who now is at the Today Show working on uh, Hoda and Jenna, she uh, saw me and she was actually she came to get her hair done at the very first salon. So I was the shampoo boy for her when she first came to the salon and we connected because we moved to LA on the same day. And we were just like, Oh, we all knew we should hang out. Cause she had another friend that later became my roommate. Um, That's a long story. Um, But um, so we were, we were cool. And so she saw me and at that time, Wendy only had one hair and makeup person. His name was uh, D'Angelo Thompson. And D'Angelo did hair and light make? I mean, he did makeup and light hair. So when they would do those fashion shows with the Wendy fan, he would come and he would ask me, you know, Hey, Derek, will you come back and do it? But they asked me that day, they were like, Hey, we're running behind. Can you come in and help with the hair? And I was like, sure. And so I did. And they were like, you're amazing. So we'll use you. So I was going back and forth. And because I had did that, it was this guy that I was following because I started, I wanted to interview him for Facebook. Like I wanted to start doing a show on Facebook. And I started following, him. his name was Johnny LeBoy. And he used to do these e-news segments, like what conditioner is best for your hair, whatever. And so one day I'm following him on Facebook a Sunday morning and he posts that he's looking for people to be part of his team for Project Runway. And I say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the man for the job. And he says, listen, there we're not putting you up in a hotel. We're not flying you. You need to be here. And I said, I will be there. Don't worry about it. Just give me the position. And so he did this whole thing of announcing it. And finally I actually got the position. And so for a few seasons of project runway, I would come do the show, then go back to Virginia. And at the same time that Teddy asked me to move, um, Johnny reached out and asked me to do a full season of project runway. Cause before I was, I was the first person to go home because everyone else was more experienced with the show. So, and plus, cause I live far, it would be like, okay, so you go on back. But as they got rid of contestants, they would get rid of stylists. They didn't need as many people. So um, that was how it went. But that was the year he asked me, he said, I want you to be on the show for the full season and be my full full full-time assistant. So I had gotten two position, position assistant jobs position. And he, um, what happened, though, Teddy said he was okay with it. Teddy wasn't okay with it. So Teddy ended up hiring somebody else. And Project Runway is a few weeks and is over. And just because that hair brand is, is the hair brand of that season doesn't mean it's – so it wasn't a permanent job. And so basically it had me stuck in New York with no job. So,
1: Wow. So now you're – so now – wow. So now you're stuck – in New York with no job. How'd you get out of that
0: pickle? Well, what I would do, um, once again, treating people right and, and making great connections with people and being genuine when you do it just helped. And so, I mean, I, I knew people like Davon Johnson, who had blue magazine at the time, and he would ask me to do photo shoots. Would, would it help to like put pictures in my book and stuff? And, um, you know, um, I met this guy named Valente Frazier, who's Tyra's makeup artist, and he connected me to Tasha Smith and uh, Iman and Tyra and all these huge people. When they had these little holes where their normal people couldn't do them, he would say, hey, I have somebody for you. And so Tasha Smith became my first like regular recurring celebrity that whenever she came to to New York, she would call me. But that's still not enough money. So what was happening at that time, I was driving back and forth to Virginia. I would go to Virginia, tell all my clients on Facebook, I'm in the salon for a week next week, book an appointment. I would go do it. And then I'd come back. And then <laughs> and then I would pay my rent. And I did that for two years. Um I moved there in 2013. By 2015 was the year that I finally did not have to drive back.
1: Wow. And then you decided to to set up shop in
0: Harlem. I just well Harlem was <laughs> always where I Harlem was always where I wanted to come to be honest. I never I my friend she lived in Brooklyn. She lived in um the Bronx, um not really it was Riverdale. Um and she, you know, and she had an apartment here in Harlem for like a week and then she she got out of it. But she didn't like Harlem, but I loved Harlem. I grew up in a small town with house and stuff so it was beautiful to sit here and see the beautiful black people and and the black people of all varieties i'm not just talking like oh beautiful black people well-dressed i'm talking about like lower income black people with their beautiful children and all kinds of people i just love the variety i love the attitude i love the swag of the of the community and um yeah and it, it was convenient as well because when you had to get to jobs it's harder to get to jobs from Brooklyn. It's harder to get to jobs from so you know, Harlem felt more centrally located. So I just always gravitated to Harlem and I've always been in Harlem since I've lived here for ten years officially now.
1: Wow. Time flies. Like, that. Time... <laughs> <laughs> like that. I mean I feel I feel, like, I feel like the time in LA was I mean, yeah. I mean I've been in LA for quite some time. I just came I just been coming back and forth here now because the pandemic And then now um, I'm doing more uh, assignments out here. So it's been kind of fun. And then I just miss New York's energy. You know, I miss seeing people and um, I don't like the subways anymore because I do. I'm a part of those little, like the little little e bike gangs, but it's like the little electric motorcycle gangs rather. And so, you know, we go on rides or whatever. Or I just go on rides with myself. Um, And and I like to spend some time with myself nowadays. So it's kind of cool. what if, are you still? I'm seeing. I'm seeing a little bit of hint of some the style from you now, um, and your decor. What 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 kind of things have you been doing to kind of make yourself feel at home? Because I know you said you weren't feeling at home, but before I felt like you. I felt like when I saw you here, it was like, it was a minute ago, like five years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we ran into each other and it was like, "Vaughn, like, right.
0: It was. Then, it was so good then, to see
1: you. Yeah, same here. And then, and, and then um I know your, you know your style completely changed. You get real regal on me.
0: <laughs> not regal, not at all. I mean, you just I think it's what I was all along. It's just I never had the money to do it. And not even and I don't even buy expensive clothes. I buy ASOS. I'm a very much so ASOS, Zara, Urban Outfitters kind of guy and I will spend a money on a shoe or a coat something, you know that is something I can wear every day, but I do not spend a lot of money on my clothes. Sometimes it depends on if it's a big event. Like when I went to the NAACP awards, of course you're going to be seen as a red carpet. So shoot, you're going to step it up and it's worth it to you because you deserve it. You worked hard. So yeah, so stuff like that, I'll do. But, um, and then style, I'm, I'm always influenced by the city. One thing I love about New York is you can walk down the street in a clear plastic bag with some J's on people may look, but they like, all right, I see what you did with that. <laughs> like, You know what I'm saying? And it's, I don't know. I just love it. So I, I love fashion. I love clothes. I love the beauty industry. Um, it does come with a whole lot of things, but I just love the creative side of it. I love the beauty of, you know, and, and, and not conventional beauty, but just the way people, imagination works with what they do with their hair and how they put on clothes and how their personality, like one person can wear the same exact thing, but just because that person has a whole different vibe about them, it it gives something different. So I, I love all of that. So I've probably taken some of that in and sort of applied it to myself.
1: And then how how did you Find your briefs
0: I get. Are you still? You still doing the view, right? Are you still? I am still. I have been at the view now for seven years. Yeah. So because two thousand fifteen. So yeah.
1: Time flying. Even still. It kind of like,
0: <laughs> it so does.
1: wow. So seven years, and then you you were nominated for three Emmys.
0: Mm, don't steal from me. I was nominated for five Emmys. I've never won one, but I have been nominated five times. <laughs>
1: Wow, congratulations on that. Thank, you. And, Thank you. and you're part of that the the uh, the views dream dream team, so to speak. What's her name? Uh your the, your Karen
0: Dupiche. There's uh Karen Dupeche, which everyone pretty much knows by her hair and her mouth. Um there is uh our department head, which is Rebecca Borman. Uh we have a uh, Dora Smagler, we have uh, Rosa, I forget what Rosa's last name is, but we have Matthew uh Yates, who works with Sunny, and we have a guy named Joey, forget what Joey's last name is as well. Um, but yeah, so and Lynette Broom. So we have a full, we have D we have a lot, so we have a full team, yeah. So it's been it's been it's been amazing to be a part of that. That was something too that I did not imagine. Um, I went there with Johnny Lavoie, because he was working with Rosie Perez at the time when she was on the show. I went there for a um makeover cancer segment. And that's when I met Karen Depeche and Yancey Edwards, who was the hairstylist at the time. And they were looking to make some changes. And so Yancey was moving on and they were like, hey, are you interested in being a hairstylist here at The View? And Johnny had already put it to me like, oh, they don't really pay. You know, so he wasn't really interested because I was thinking to myself, like, Johnny, why don't you work there full time? He was he would do Rosie for the show sometime, but he wouldn't he wouldn't commit to it. And so I was like, "Why aren't you a full time stylist?" And he was like, "They don't pay no money." And, I, and so, a lot of people think when that job came along that you instantly are like, "Oh my God, it's television!" Yes, I want the job. But at that time, it was a funny time because my editorial career, like I was starting to, I was working a lot with Essence. I was starting to, I was finally hitting my groove, you know, with different um, people and jobs, and I was working with Dark and Lovely as a brand. So. I wasn't. It's great to have the consistent money, but I was scared that it was going to interrupt my higher paying jobs to take that job. But they asked me to come and work with Raven. And I went there, Raven Simone, sorry. And I went there to work with Raven Simone. And the first day we clicked. And I, when I tell you she was one of the most amazing people she made going to work so much fun and, you know, between me, her and Karen and um carlesia which was her assistant at the time and she had a stylist named max we would just sit in that room and just show off up until showtime and it was so funny because raven would say the best part about that job was just getting ready in the morning like she hated doing the view because she felt like she was a scripted girl she was not you know her life was not that life so she's she you know she's used to just having random conversations and not really being picked apart for what you said and fair. And what happened is the view is that, you know, everything you say, you have to be very particular in how you say it and what you say and what you mean. And because be prepared to be shut down (laughs) and talked about in the blogs or on news or whatever. So, you know. And then, then you start working for. (laughs) Whoopi. But what was funny is for a month that I was there, Whoopi wouldn't even let me touch her. But I had did Whoopi before I had ever did. So one time they called me and asked me, was like, can you do Whoopi's hair? I'm like, yeah. So I go to Whoopi's house, I do her hair. No one says anything. No one says she did a great job. No one says she she likes you. No one says anything. So I'm like, okay. So then I look, they're going to the Oscars. Yancey's going with us. So I'm like, okay. So I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. So then they call me again. I do her again. No one says anything. I get the job and I'm starting to work with Raven. And the people there would be like, go by Whoopi's dressing room and ask her, is there anything she needs? And she'd be like, no, I'm good. And so for like a month, <laughs> a month and a half maybe that I was there, Whoopi wouldn't even let me touch it. It actually might have been earlier than that. And so she would just be like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then one day she had an event at the um, Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., and she came to me and she said, hey, would you mind traveling with me to D.C. this weekend? And I said, sure. And I think because I realized that your position in a glam squad is bigger than just doing what you do, you know? And especially when you're a male, you sort of become... So I became, like, Whoopi's, like, protector and care, you know, like, I hey, you got everything you need. She had that. Not to say, you know, she had her business partner time that travels with her a lot, but I helped with that, you know, and I facilitated. And when they saw that, oh, wow, like he's helpful and he's not trying to do the most and he's cool and he just does it and move on and get out the way, it made it so that then they were like, okay, we can work with him. And ever since then, we've been rocking. Wow. Yeah. And, and, um, some of the looks you've
1: provided for her are just like the dope, like lots awesome. yeah um I think sometimes you 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 shave some sides of her head at one time but well, she
0: already she she keeps her shy, side shaved. oh okay. she keeps her side shaved. she doesn't like sometimes it'll grow out a little bit, but for the most part she always it's because it's too much hair it's her hair is really thick, it's a lot of hair, so just to like alleviate that she's she's had her side shaved since I've ever been there, so that was before me. And then what about her
1: um, some of those locks? I know some of those locks they change colors. Sometimes they're kind of gray. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that was for a film she did called the I forget the stand I think or something she was doing. And actually, I incorporated another loctician to do that just because it was way too much for me. Like because she wanted extensions on top of the fact that we had to wrap her hair, and I just didn't even want to do it. So I I was the facility like I got the guy and put him, like, you know, and he did it. Um, He did a great job. And so she kept that for a while, for while she was filming, you know, but um, I've worked with her for a few of her movies. i worked with her for Teal, which was a passion project for her. Um, I created the wig and all of that. I also worked with her for Tyler Perry's Nobody's Fool. Um, And that was fun because they were trying to build the character. And, you know, Tyler, it was like, it was a blessing because it was these interactions that I was being able to have where Tyler was coming to me and like, so what do you think? And you know, whatever you decide, I believe in you. So I remember coming there with like looks and Whoopi was like that one and, you know, and Tyler loving it. And then when the press came, they, people were asking about that wig in in her press tour, like, so tell us about you and this blonde hair. You know what I'm saying? And she would give me credit, and Tyler would give me credit. So it was that was a dope moment. And um, so yeah, and I, some other smaller films that she's done, we worked together and did. So yeah.
1: So yeah. So okay. So that's 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 pretty intense. And then this rewind a little bit. I do recall when you had mentioned the Wendy Williams show that you did when I was over when I uh, was with you. You you show you was like I had to watch this TV thing I and so you you I do recall that you were saying that you were a creative director for um was it you said Dark and Lovely right
0: or I was I was I was a well I worked as a they had a they had like a a a squad they would call us a, a squad there at Dark and Lovely so I was working on that um, and so then they moved me to like a spokesperson sort of thing so. I had been on the Steve Harvey show as a result, uh, like giving Mo- Mother's Day makeovers and stuff like that, and um, yeah, so that was my position with Dark and Lovely. So it was dope to work with them as a brand. Yeah. And were
1: you able to um, come up with some of those concepts, or did somebody produce those segments for you and they just had you on? Because I, I remember you—you know—you had your your bullet points were down.
0: Well, no, yeah, but you know, those are huge companies that are very. There are a lot of people that are part of that whole thing. There are publicists. There are people that you, they want to make sure everything you say. So there are lawyers that are involved in making sure. So, no, it was way too big for me and for what I was able to offer. So I was basically just the puppet for them as far as that was. I mean, I would give my input. Don't get me wrong. I would definitely be like, ah, hairstyles wouldn't say this or, you know, or, you know, consumers may not understand this or whatever the situation may be or to make it easier for the consumer, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that was mainly how I worked with them. Yeah. So you were media trained. So they media trained you before you had Actually, your Actually, no, no. I think my time wow. as a minister in church, I learned how to be outgoing with people. So no, they, they did not media train me. I wanted them to media train me. I begged for them to media. And they would say, oh, we're going to, we're going to media train you. We're going to have you. And they never did. And so um, I started like sort of guess sort of teaching myself. I, You know, you do stuff on Instagram and you start talking. And um, I would also when I was at the at the view, I would just learn from them, you know, that how to talk, how to, you know, make sure your energy is good. I would read the teleprompter like I would be in the back. And the teleprompter's going, and I'm reading the teleprompter, and and putting you know different ways to the words so that I, when my day comes, believing that my day will come, that I will be prepared to do it. So that's really all the media training I've ever had. Is that not really? <laughs> so yeah, no. Nah.
1: Yeah. So I remember you were um and then you and, and you and what and well, and then let's talk about the style. I know that you had because uh, for me I saw you in all black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So fast forward, I'm seeing you. And I'm like, what? I'm like, who is this? Like, yeah, bro, right. Red yeah, hair. that yeah, electric pink suit or something, but it was like dope. It was like, it was like I was like, oh wow. It was like tasteful. It was like sexy. It was great. It was just it's what it was just great to see a black man. And then you were like, wait, you see this. And I was like, what? And then you turn on your TV and you show me. And then your other friend, you had a friend. We have, you know, like it was like I didn't, I didn't know it was a, like a little, like you know, like a little listening party, so to speak. But, <laughs> but oh, it was
0: yeah.
1: or a viewing party. But it was really good. And I and I and I'm I'm so proud of you because I do remember and I do recall you being very um, quiet when I when I met you in L.A. And you were very um, modest. And then now hearing the story, which is a story we all had, right? We all moved. Mm-hmm. you know, we you know, uh, you know, you had a little tough. But one thing for sure is you stood the test of time, you learned a lot, you made yeah. sure that what, you made sure whatever happened, and you had faith in yourself. And then I'm sure, do, uh, what are the things that, What I guess, like, who or what did you, did you get that tenacity from? Do you know? Is it your mm-hmm. mother or father? Uh-huh.
0: Jesus. <laughs> I mean, people, I mean your audience will know now that like I was on my own at 14 years old. My mom passed away when I was 11. My dad is in my life as a financial provider. My dad was not really a father when my mom died and I was 11. My brother was 15, but she had an uncle. I mean, she had an uncle, she had a brother named Charlie that came in was my, my legal guardian up until I was 14 years old. By that time, my brother has turned 18 years old and my uncle and I, my uncle got married and it just, the situation just wasn't serving us anymore for all of us to live together. And we had had this huge argument and he was like, I'm leaving. And so he left and then we had to figure out, okay, what's going to happen to this 14 year old kid? Where is he going? And so they came up with this decision that like, okay, so Eric, cause he's an adult now he'll keep you that way. I didn't have to change schools. I didn't have to leave my house. Like it was a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do as far as adjustment was concerned. So that's how I stayed. So um, so it was then, and then I met the guy that became my best friend, uh, Shante Younger, and he was a churchy kid. And he, like, literally at 17, he would be like, go with me to Bible study. And I'd be like, don't nobody want to go to Bible study? Like, I am 17. I am ready to go club. I'm ready to hang out. And he continued to ask me till it wore me down. And I would go and I remember going and just feeling this weight lifted off me just from hearing the encouragement from the different people and the preaching and the teaching. And I started applying a lot of that to my life. And I felt like that's what gave me courage. And I would have the faith that it was going to work out. And even though it didn't look like it right now, because that's a lot of the Bible stories, you know, a lot of you know, different characters in the Bible, their scenarios start out bleak and God, you know, and I would take those things and I believed it. And so, you know, that's where I feel like I I really feel like it's my relationship with God that really I and I don't want to be the churchy person, but it's just true. It was it was my relationship with God that just really helped me um stay focused. It kept me humble, you know, because you know, people will try to boost you up before it's your time and, oh, you should do this and you're doing this and that that da, 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 And you you have to be in tune to where God has you so that you don't overstep before it's time, you know? So it's a lot of things that I take away from my faith that helps me guide me into the different phases of my life. You know, and even, you know, I feel like God directed me to whoopie. I feel like God gave me, because knowing who I am as a person, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a smoker. So God was like, okay, I'm not going to give you none of these young girls. You're not going to get the, you know, you're not going to get the uh, Meg, the stallions or the Cardi B's. I'm going to give you somebody that's settled. And Whoopi feels like my great aunts and the people that, you know, so, but she works. So you're making money. You're having these amazing experiences because of who she is as a star. But at the same time, you know, her character matches my character, you know, and 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 our vibe matches each other. Like we we laugh and we joke. She's funny. She we have a great time to the point that we hang out. We're not just like I don't just like oh if I'm doing your hair. I literally have been her and I don't say this trying to be fun, but it's just that's our relationship. I she if you know she invited me for Thanksgiving dinner in Italy at her house in Italy. Now I wanted to go see my dad, so I didn't go, but. <laughs> I wanted to see my dad, but I didn't go. But, you know, those are the things that that's where our relationship is. And so, you know, going back, though, I just, you know, faith. What what guided me? Faith. Wow, that's
1: awesome. And and, and it sounds like you believed in yourself and your preparation as well, right?
0: Yeah, I, um, you know, I definitely believe that God, if God called me to it, he would see me through it. So. I I did believe that I had everything within me for whatever situation, you know, whenever I, whenever God would bring me to a new door that felt overwhelming because everything you don't, you know, everything you do, you don't always feel like, Oh my God, I can do this. some things you're like, I'll never forget just doing the Steve Harvey thing. It was something I had always wanted to do. I'd always want to do a segment on TV, but I just remember by the time I got there, I was freaking out because you, I'm horrible with my memory. I don't remember stuff. And they had given me a script and they were like, this is your script and this is what you got to say. And every word needs to be word for word because legal. And you're just like, ah. And so, you know, but I got through it and, you know, it it wasn't easy. And Steve, I will give Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey was amazing that day. It's funny, when I see him now, he's real like, he don't remember he don't have no concept of it. (laughs) He did so many shows. But... (laughs) I was like, see, I was on your show. He was like, oh. Oh, hey. where? <laughs> Like, you were? I was like, yeah. And, you know, I had to show him the picture. Like, oh, okay. It didn't <laughs> even make no difference to him, but it was life-changing for me that day. Because he, right. he told me, I remember sitting there and he told me, he said, listen, nobody knows what you know. And he said, these people are spectators waiting to hear you. And he was like, just do what you do. And he said, take your time. We ain't in no rush and we'll do it. And it was just so reassuring because, you know, he could have been like, look, y'all done sent this guy here that don't know what he's doing and da, 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 You know, he could have taken it a whole different way. And I've seen in other situations where stuff like that has happened, but that wasn't what he did. And he was great about it. And I'll always remember him for that, even if you forgive me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so, so you think, so, so at this moment, how does it feel because you've been surrounded and engulfed pretty much by people who are legendary particularly whoopi goldberg. Whoopi, whoopi goldberg you know is iconic i mean she's a trailblazer and everyone you know who's in anyone in the entertainment industry should know that i mean the, the ghost her performance in ghost was i would never forget that performance as a kid man watch that and i loved you yeah. demi more um I, I love that movie. It, it haunts. It haunts me today.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, yes, it was a great movie. I love that movie,
1: and I love Sister Act Part Two. Like, I just, Ev- I mean, everybody loves Sister Act. 2. I love Sister, act I love Sister act Part Two, and I just love those characters. And uh, for me, I've always felt like Whoopi was just like from just watching her. I feel like she doesn't even act. I just feel like she just she's so brilliant, and I didn't really understand that because she was so lucid and fluid, and um, she just felt transparent. So you're around a person like that and um, you're working with someone like that. How is that? Do you feel like that's what's the difference you've seen in yourself
0: since you've been working with her? Like, have you noticed any difference in yourself? In myself? I mean, I take a lot of things away from her. I mean, she her humility is amazing. Like she. She has never forgotten where she comes from she still remembers being that girl that grew up in the projects on, in Chelsea, you know, Um, so, that is stuff that I take away, like, no matter how big, and, you know, there are people that are stars, but she is, she is a true icon, when you can go, there's nowhere in the world, I work with L'Oreal, so after I ended up working with Dark and Lovely, I started working with L'Oreal Professional, and they would fly me out, so Egypt and Switzerland and it doesn't matter where you go everybody knows who a Whoopi Goldberg and so I can't even imagine what that is like in her mind to think that nowhere you go in this world even in Africa there are people everybody knows her so um, and to still be be that humble um, I also took I learned how to be tough because I think to myself, like she's as what's funny is, is how people view her. Like I'm talking about the general public. When you go into these rooms with these executives and all these different people, she still faces disrespect. Like to, uh, to, to anybody else, they look and they think, Oh, she's Whoopi Goldberg. Like she can do whatever she wants. She, whatever she ain't doing is because she don't want to. And that's not true. Um, You know, she wanted to do sister. She's been trying to do sister act three for since I've known her since Mm -hmm. I've known her. And when I known her, she was already telling me she had already been trying to get it off the ground and people telling her nobody wants to see it. No one cares. And then you turn to now 2023 and there are people in Italy, you know, singing happy birthday to her, not even knowing she'll see it because it's in Italy. And they're doing a whole segment on their morning show about her wishing her happy birthday in the habit performing sister act songs. So, you know, I learned that, you know, no matter how big you are, people still will disrespect you. And so you have to know who you are. You have to let it roll off your back. She's not a person. She's really sensitive. Um, you know, so I take a lot of those things that I've learned from her and, um, and and it does make me have a new found respect for black women and black women in the industry. You know, anybody, any black woman that gets anywhere in this industry, my hat's off to you because they don't make it easy for them at all. And-